welcome to the Beauty Beast podcast. I'm Melissa. And I'm Demi. And today we are going to talk about hustle culture versus a work-life balance. Yes, we kind of teased about it in our first episode of 2023. Um it is 2023, right? Yeah. Yes. Uh, and so I'm excited to get into this because I think you and I are kind of both at this weird turning point where we were like, you can't not hustle like two old ladies. Yes. And then now we're like, we're tired. <laughs> I and say I, all of this as my cat's sitting with us and I'm like stroking him. <laughs> like, like I'm so calm. <laughs> well, I think the end of like, like we said in our first episode back this year, like the end of 2022 was like such a rough like period in right. our yeah. lives slash careers. Mm-hmm. And now we're like, yeah, we're not bringing this into 2023 with us. Yeah. So I definitely think that it was for sure a crazy conclusion, crazy in great ways, crazy in not so great ways in yes. certain times. It was just a buck wild end of 2022. It was. Um, You know, I think for me, it's been so hard because like now I look at it like the decade of my 20s, like before, you know, now that I just turned 30 and I feel like I say it like make myself sound older than I actually am. But um, I feel like that whole 10 years was just like keeping my head down and working a lot, right? 24 seven, just like goal after goal being set. Okay. Goal after goal, pushing towards the next one. I want this. I want that. So you kind of go through like an identity crisis when your plate's full Mm -hmm. and you're like, okay, I can't keep pushing towards goals. Like this is crazy. Like I'm about to lose my fucking mind. So now what do you do when you're ready to just sit in the goals that you've you've kind of set for yourself and you've gotten to, right? Right. Like, um, do you enjoy them? Do you... Right. Like, what do you do next? And so I think that with that being said, that's where I am a willing participant in saying that some aspects of the hustle culture are a little tough because it's instilled in you this great work ethic of keeping your head down and working nonstop. But mm. then what happens... It, I don't feel like we've figured out how to bridge the gap of existing in what you've worked towards and knowing you don't have to keep like on this like cyclical thing of like, I got to get to the next thing. I got to get to the next thing. I got to get to the next thing. Like it's okay to exist in peace with what you've worked so hard for. Exactly. And I think that's like what I'm was like struggling with, like, because I had, Switched from teaching into nails. Then Mm -hmm. it was like, okay, my goal is to not go back to teaching. So I need to build that full clientele. I did that. Then it was like, okay, I feel like it's time for me to transition out on my own. So I did that. Then, you know, then you have to kind of navigate replacing any clients that may have fallen off. And then also like any changes, adding policies. And like now I'm a business owner. So I have to like kind of find that balance while also making sure that my business is profitable so that I can live. Right. And now it's like, okay, I did that. I achieved my goals of being affiliates with like companies that I wanted to work with. Mm -hmm. And then last year I took a step back from that and decided that wasn't like the path for me. And then I became like an educator with my nail stuff, which I absolutely love and I'm super passionate about. 
And then, so I'm like teaching classes and like maintaining my business. And then we started the podcast and it's like, okay, now what do I do? And it's like, I just need to focus on the things that are here on my plate that bring, like that fill my cup. Right. And that's like, I feel like a really hard thing to transition to when like our work ethics, like we are very different when it comes to organization and all (laughs) those things. But I think we can both agree that like work ethic wise, we both align with just, you know, I don't want to keep using the word hustling, but I feel like we do really like hustle. Yeah, that's just the reality. So I think that like both of us kind of hit the same point of like, okay, now what? Like I was saying to my best friend, because, you know, I mean, I've opened up to you a few times in the last like year and a half that it's like kind of crazy because like on the personal side of things, there were certain things that I was navigating that were like such low lows Mm -hmm. in between like such highs in my business world. Right. So it was very difficult because it was like I was going through certain things of navigating certain things personally, which we all have those things. So I'm exactly. not, it's not, we, a, all, we right. all have our shit. And, um, so I was absorbing a lot, but then at the same time accomplishing. So it was kind of like when you're in the midst of like such pivotal highs and such tough lows at the same time, it's mentally draining all the same. Like sometimes consistency is welcomed in exchange of that. Now, with that being said, I was having a talk when I was off for a little while before um, January when we kind of picked back up. And I was talking to one of my best friends since childhood. And I was like, it's weird. I feel like I'm going through like this identity crisis of like, I miss being hungry for like the next thing, Mm -hmm. but I don't have room on my plate for the next thing currently, not to mention I've put work into multiple aspects of, you know, our brands. What I need to do is apply myself to what I've already worked for and better those things. Right. But it's almost like this weird feeling when you've constantly been chasing like accomplishments to exist in what is, where it feels like you're not, you're like, am I plateauing? Am I like, is there something wrong? Like, but there's not. I think it's so right. important to to take that step back and focus on consistency and balance more than anything. For sure. And I mean, I can say yeah, as burnt out as I was at the end of last year, like I just, I was done. Yeah. You know, like just mentally I was exhausted, you know, um, but now like trying to get back into it, it's like, okay, like I need to almost like reignite that passion in me. Not that I lost passion per se, but you know, just even just like posting on Instagram Mm -hmm. is exhausting now. It's like, I don't know what to say, but it's like, no, I need to like redevelop like this routine of getting back into it. And I think it's hard because it's, it's evolved to something too, when it comes to social media. And I don't mean it this in a bad way, but it feels like everything's so curated Yes, and everything is like, Like, it's got to be perfectly done and it's got to be, you know, your engagement is, is, um, you know, dependent on 
what you've curated, what you've put out. Is your content engageable? Right. And it's kind of like this really difficult thing to kind of dip your toe in to at the same time as feeling that strange plateau. It's not really a plateau, to be abundantly clear. It's right. just what we've mentally put in our heads because we've been so used to this right. constant go for so long. Um, but between like the coupling of like feeling that little bit of that feeling plus finding that strange new balance with what social media has become, I can see where it can be like, damn, what the hell's going on? Like, Right. Um, it's, you know, and it's just part of like, I think that too, like now that I have been focusing more on like the personal side of like me, like mm-hmm. eating better and like making sure like I work yeah. out and, you know, do all of these things and like taking time away from my business to make sure I don't get burnt out again. Like I almost feel like I've dipped my, like it's supposed to be dipping my toe in it, but I've kind of like cannonballed yeah, yeah. into that. So now it's like, okay, well now I need to find a balance just because that's who I am. Like if I do something, I'm doing it head first, like all in. And so for me personally, it's like, okay, so now I've like kind of turned my back on that hustle, hustle, hustle. Well, it's like, well, no, you can't turn your back on it. You have to kind of find the balance between Between the the two. two. So I don't think one is completely wrong or completely right. I just think that finding the balance that works for you as a person is what you need to do. Absolutely. Like, I think that that's one of the most difficult things. I mean, I definitely feel that from 25 on, there was like that five-year window that like I I knew that there were certain things I wanted, right? And I mean, I was working hard previous to 25, of course, too. But I feel like right as like Julian and I got married and I was like, you know, we bought the house and I was starting to kind of like settle Mm -hmm. a little bit. Um, I just like kept my head down and I worked so much. Like I, it was my life. Like, I mean, I, I, I was like that before, but I was still focused on like going out and clubbing too and doing all (laughs) all the things when I really feel like, you know, there were even certain times that I didn't partake in certain things, or maybe there was certain distance that was created with certain friendships, not maliciously, but in the sense that I was just very focused on work. Right. I'm not saying that that's the perfect balance either. Um, I'm sure you can kind of relate, but I feel like even when I like sometimes are, you know, I feel like when you're a business owner and like your life has become being a business owner Mm -hmm. in certain senses, that's your identity. Like everybody talks to you about that first. So I do feel like in this last like little window of time, I'm like, is that like that I am now because I've like you know done that for so long like is my only identity like working it's true and so that's why like you know anybody who does have me on social media will sometimes notice like we were just talking about this before we got on to record this episode but I I don't pour heavily into like the hair side of social media anymore um 
I still do it because I love doing hair, but Mm -hmm. because I don't take new clients, I'm not going to lie. I don't heavily pour into that side of things. So when you go to my personal page, you kind of see a mix of everything that I do. If I put together a hat, like I'm going to share the reel from plaid and pinned that we just created a custom hat. If we did something at the branch house, I'm going to share that, you know, we did a project or there's a post at the branch house. You're going to see my pets like more probably than hair. Um, For me, that was a big source of balance because I think that I was putting too much pressure on myself, especially with like my personal social media to still almost like exist in this place, like even though I had added more to my plate and it didn't feel organic anymore, like it didn't feel like it was something that I was wanting to do, but rather I was doing out of necessity Mm -hmm. if that makes sense um so I post when I want to post about hair if I want to do a reel about trying out like a different hair product I'll do it if I don't maybe it's just because my hands are busy and other things it doesn't mean I'm failing if there's silence on social media and I think that that's the really hard thing that like we're all trying to find our relationships with um With that being said, at the same time, though, if you're still building, if you're still wanting a consistent clientele and you want to get towards that still, you have to be active on social media. You have to be active on Um, social media. And, you know, I'm not necessarily like I've always said in like countless of episodes now, I'm not never not taking new clients. Mm hmm. But I always leave the possibility open, but I'm not actively searching out new clients. Right. But like, I personally need to find the balance because, you know, I want to promote like the education that I do right. more. I want to, you know, just like help other people. Like I get questions a lot on my DMs, like, how do you do this? Or what do you use for that? You know, like that's important to me is like sharing my knowledge. Or yeah, that's kind like of like that. the new chapter of your career exactly. that you're headed towards or well, you're in. Well, and yeah, not that I want to be like, I'm just, you know, everyone's reaching out to like, no, I don't want to be like you that, did not sound like but that I'm always like such an open book. Like, right. you want to know what I do? Like message me right. or I will always answer you Absolutely. because like when I was first starting out doing nails, especially more full time, I felt like I didn't have anyone on social media, media that would do that. So right. that's like really important to me. But part of that is also... I have to be more active and not just post my cats or, you know, my Peloton workouts. And I think that's where I need to find that balance Mm -hmm. between like the hustle and, you know, the personal. Exactly. I think that you and I can relate in the sense that we did kind of reach our burnout from working the way we did. So both of us took a step back and I, mine was a far more drastic step back when it came to the (laughs) hair world. But I, I had a few, you know, other aspects of business projects going on, but that's not an excuse either. Right. But I do feel like both of us hit that burnout and we're like, skirt, like, um, peace out. And and different versions of it. Like, I know that you had that number you wanted to hit followers wise. Right. And then we've talked about like, once you hit that number, you were kind of like, all right, like, let's vibe. Right. Um, It was more like, checked that off my to do list. Right. Right. 
group and now I've been like stuck at the same number for a while. I mean, not that numbers matter. Like, no, just because you have. But I do think that for a while we were taught that numbers that did numbers matter. So we yes. are coming from the point of social media that it consumed us for a yes. long time. That the likes consumed us, that the followers consumed us, that the engagement consumed yes. us. Um all of it existed. I mean, down to the point that we see a lot of people hiding their likes now. Uh, yeah. And I'm not saying that that's a bad thing to hide your likes because I, I don't think it's a bad thing. But I do think in certain ways, and I don't know how you feel about this, um, even feeling the need to hide your likes, it's it means yeah. that it is kind of weighing on you. Right, for And I sure. do think it's hard because when we've built our careers with social media kind of like being integrated into it, um, like I said, the numbers defined us for so long. Like we were constantly yes. chasing the numbers. I yep. mean, uh, if you talk about like four years ago, three years ago, like that was like everything was posting about who liked your photos. If you had like a higher followed hairstylist mm-hmm. follow you or um, when you hit 2000 followers, it was like a post on your Instagram story. With like and- balloons and confetti and right. all these things. And even when... I mean, when I hit like the 10K, I mean, you'll remember like I had like posts going like viral. Well, viral for me, I had one that with like 30,000 likes on it. And I'm like, what the fuck is going on? And And then like literally right after I hit that 10K, Instagram's like, we're going to change everything up. Like, (laughs) right. And it does kind of mentally like mess with you it and mind, I think it's, es- a, it's a huge mind and I fuck. think especially too with our like I guess maybe you could even call it a little bit of a touch of identity crisis mm-hmm. going on um you're like oh god have I lost everything right because I went from like posts like getting like 30,000 like my reels were getting like two and three hundred thousand yeah. views to like four And I'm like, what the hell? This is a humbling experience. I'm like, okay. So clearly Instagram hates me. The algorithm hates me. And so I like really backed off from that. Because it just kind of scared you. Well, and it frustrated me too. It's like, this is what I had worked for for so long to have like that kind of traction. And then like one thing derails you. Yeah. Now, I don't think that at the same time, that's honestly the worst thing to happen in certain ways because I feel like it builds yes. a healthier relationship for you with social media in the long run it 100% I mean did. I yes. still am struggling with finding my relationship with social media um and a lot of it is me like I mean Melissa knows I am like harder on myself than anybody else could be um and I try my hardest to work through that but I I am my own worst like right critic and it's it's actually all applied to work ethic and it's all applied to my work <laughs> life balance but um so sometimes I just shy away from it because I'm like like I'm a little nervous to post um And so it's kind of funny because you go through different seasons. Like I was in a season for a while where I was like ready to share it all on Instagram and Mm -hmm. like wanted it all out there. And then 
I'm kind of in a season now where I love to share like my happy moments when I want to. I love to share like the projects that I have, but even kind of going back to like the episode that we recorded previous, like one of my goals for this year is to start to lean back into um, like recommending products like on Mm -hmm. social media, doing a little bit more of like hairstyling posts or even styling. Like I used to do like styling of like my outfits because like Mm -hmm. I have fun with that, especially with like us having the merchandise and stuff. Um, Julian and I have kept talking about like, that's our goal. Um, our January, you know, was a little crazy, especially when we, you know, experienced a family death and that kind of shifted like our schedule for that Mm -hmm. month for a little while. And, um, now we're finally kind of getting back to a little consistency again. And that's something we've talked about too. Like, I like that. Like I have fun styling myself and, And, you know, whether it be like doing my hair and then throwing on one of our hats or something like that, but also coupling it in with some product information, I think is one of the things I have as a goal for this year again, because despite not looking for new clients, um, I still have an amazing, you know, set of clients that are following me on my page and I do owe that to them. Like if I love a a product, there's nothing wrong with posting about it too. Right. For sure. And like, I mean, I had family in town the other week, and in a couple of weeks, my aunt is getting married, so we'll be out of town for that. So, like, my goal for after we get back from her wedding Mm -hmm. is to kind of, like, we record on Tuesdays, so we'll record... I usually go home and edit and then like I want to go into the salon and just film some like content like doing whatever whether it's doing my nails consistently or filming like a little tutorial or whatever it is like that will find like I need that balance because like doing it before work that's it's rushed it's not like what I want it to be And I'm not saying that I have to be like my reel has to be perfect or whatever I'm posting has to be perfect, but just like finding the joy in that again. Of it again and not it not feeling like a job. Right. Like, and I think that too, like with finding like the personal balances that you're, you're in that chapter of finding now, mm-hmm. you're going to head back into it being like, all right, like I'm a little more ready for it. Well, and especially because like towards the end of the year when we had taken a break from the podcast, like Mm -hmm. as I started getting more and more burnt out, Tuesdays became my third day of I just need a break. Right. Like I need silence. So now it's like, okay, well now it's a new year. I have Mm -hmm. all these goals or things that I want to do to find like more of this balance between hustle and, you know, work life. You know, I want to, you know, start a new routine. Like, yeah. just like I incorporated working out and eating better into my personal routine, these are the things that I need to record or, sorry, incorporate into my work routine to make me have more focus. I agree. 100%. And I think that sometimes once you start to pour back into that, you feel better at work. Oh, like, yeah. It doesn't feel like you're showing up. Like, I think both of us can agree. Like, when we are burnt out, like, it feels like you're showing up. And it's great once clients start to come in because it almost like shakes you out of that mindset, mm-hmm. especially because we have, you know, long standing relationships with a right. lot of our clients. So it's almost like you're meeting up with friends in a way. Exactly. Um, But you kind of get to the point where it feels like you're showing up to work. Like that's the hard part. Like it feels like a certain aspect of work. Um, And of course it is work. But you get what I'm saying. Like it feels 
more methodical than it normally does. Right. Like one thing that I always loved about doing nails as a career, and I'm sure somebody will be like, oh, that's not what nails are. But I always said, like, I get to hang out and paint nails and gossip all day. Like, I fucking love that. Like, I have this relationship with my clients, you know, and yes, I've expanded into other places, but I want to, like, reinvigorate that for me. And I, I think that, like, shutting down like when you're done and leaving and that's something that I think both of us used to be a little better at I don't know if you agree like Mm -hmm. I do feel like connectivity has changed a lot in our industry and I even look at a few years ago where like that 24 to 48 hours that you requested like for response like for clients to understand that it may take 24 to Mm -hmm. 48 hours I think has kind of gone out the window. I don't know if you would totally agree with that, but like you maybe have 24 hours before there's like a little bit of that itch where it starts (laughs) to feel like, okay. Um, And even like I look at when I used to go on vacation, like really putting away my phone. Um, I feel like I want to get back to that. So then when we're present and in work we're pouring into it but then when I'm out of work I'm pouring into my personal life and it does feel a little more balanced again yeah which is funny because then you go back to times where we were working more crazy but then at the same time sometimes those boundaries felt a little more respected yeah I mean and even when I just took the time off when my family was in town I have to say like I don't know if like my clients didn't have any like nail problems mm-hmm. while I was off or they just didn't need me. Yeah. But it was kind of almost like, damn. Is it okay? Is everything I'm like, fine? No one texted me. No right. one needs a nail repair. Does anybody miss me? Like, like please. <laughs> you don't need to change an appointment or anything. Yeah. But I feel that I think like in just talking with my clients and them like really seeing at the end of last year, like I was done and mm-hmm. I was burnt out. Like they've, they, even they've been like, damn, yeah. she, she needs this vacation. Yeah. <laughs> like she needed a minute. Yeah. No, I mean, even when we, I think some people were like, is she at the cabin? Like <laughs> oh, in the middle of January. And, um, that was like a trip we had planned in advance. And, uh, I was like feeling a little guilty just with the way that everything kind of came into 2023 it felt a little bad to like scoot out of town that quickly but it was such a nice reset and that was something that Julian and I used to do a lot more of which was like our little weekend getaways where we'd sneak away for four days or something like that Mm -hmm. um I personally find that that was like a big source of balance for us especially because on top of working in the industry that you know we work in right I also work with my spouse. We're yeah. together 24-7, but work-based. And then we're together at home. Um, you know, we're, we parent. Like, we, we do it all together. So it's sometimes hard when you don't find that separation of work and home life, mm-hmm. especially when you do have a situation where you work with your spouse. Because when you don't have that balance and you don't know when to turn off from work, it can sometimes consume, like, your marriage, too. For sure. And um, then it feels like, you know, I feel like Julian would totally agree. There were certain times in this last like two year window where it almost felt like our whole identity was like 
working spouses. Like our whole identity was like working and accomplishing things together as spouses, but work-based. Like it, it, you almost lost that balance of like a marriage outside of work. Right. Like that you are husband and wife. (laughs) Yes. And so it was really hard because it did kind of lead us to a point where it was like, we would go out to dinner or like have a date night. And then we found ourselves talking about work again. Not that that's a failure because that's great, but like you have to find the balance of knowing that like that can't be the only conversations you're having. Yeah. Um, You have to still pour into your other passions. So I feel like, I'm sure you could agree. It's a constant rebalancing because I think things constantly evolve and change. Mm -hmm. But I definitely have seen, I don't regret working the way that I did because it's gotten us to the point that we're at. But now it's okay to say, all right, now let's kind of sit in what we got and just better what we have going on. Don't keep chasing the next thing. Start to embrace what you've accomplished. Um, I kind of get fired up. I don't want to say fired up, but I, I do kind of, you know, I, I see a lot of people in both industries. Um, I mean, well, it's the same industry, but you get what I'm saying. The nail world right. and the hair world, um, you know, condemning the hustle culture. And I get it. Like, I do think burnout exists. And I think that overworking doesn't always lead to maximum success. Exactly. However, with that being said, And I do talk about this with each girl that starts at the salon um, that are in the process of building this industry. You get what you put into it. Mm -hmm. And I say that time and time again. Yes, talent exists aside from that, too. But if you put in effort, you get you get rewarded for it. Mm -hmm. And sometimes I do see certain things about, you know, even for instance, this year on social media, when it came to like the holiday season, um, certain people were posting that they weren't as busy and I'm not condemning them for that because I get it. Like that is hard. Now, with that being said, some of the people that were posting that maybe they were a little slower had really pushed the new idea that you don't have to work harder. You can work smarter, meaning, and you and I have talked about this separately, maybe su- seeing two to three people a day, but at a higher ticket price. Right. There's no failure in that. There's a no, million different all. business models in our industry now. With that being said, we are also in a weird space currently that the economy is a little strange, right? So people aren't investing in their hair and their nails all the time that the same way that they were. That doesn't mean that offering larger services, you're not going to be booked. You are going to be booked, but you may not be booked as far out, right? So you may be booked two, three weeks out because people kind of book as that money comes along. Now, I'm not saying this is the same for everybody, so Mm -hmm. I don't want anybody to come for me and tell me I'm totally wrong. However, do I think that doing some of those smaller services during times like now is helpful? I have to say that I do think yes, because the people who are coming in and retouching their grays and and coming in for those shorter services, they're going to continue to come, you know, through this, this stranger time. Um, I think maybe you could even agree like with your clients that, 
you know, do heavy nail art and keep longer length around certain holidays, those aren't your bread and butter clients. Your every three weekers that are consistently coming in that may not do nail art every time, but want their nails done consistently. Exactly. Are your bread and butter. It's not failure that not every set of nails isn't extended out beyond belief with a shit ton of nail art on it. Well, and I'm seeing too a lot more like some people, if there's not like a major event or a holiday coming up, they're not really choosing nail art because, you know, they don't know what's going on with, you know, their finances or the economy or anything like that. Yeah. And, you know, I've seen, especially like on the nail side, a lot of people, you know, they'll be like, I don't do single color manicures which is fine like if that's not what you want to do then that's not what you want to do but you know that's that's a good easy it's a for me it's a quick service or in and out in an hour right it doesn't take up like a ton of my time it's a great space filler if I need it Mm -hmm. and it's you know yeah it's my base price I think that's what that that's yeah like that's where I was kind of headed with and you and I talk about this a lot like separately outside of here but um the culture of like almost like condemning people for doing more of that old school mentality right um I think maybe you and I apply to that a little bit where we don't turn our nose up to a single color manicure or we don't turn our nose up to a root retouch gloss and blow dry like for us, we look at it like those are the bread and butter clients because we kind of came in to the industry where that was still applied. Right. To be honest, there's no failure on either side of our industry. No. The people choosing to do the longer services, they're not doing anything wrong. However, with that being said, we aren't doing anything wrong either. Exactly. Um, I do get a little tired sometimes of seeing the constant you know, storyline being pushed over and over again that working smarter and not harder means seeing only two to three people a day. You may not want that for your business structure and it's not failure that you don't want that. Mm -mm. I'm not mad that I see eight people a day. I'm okay with that. I'm not mad if I see 11 people a day if I'm there at nine in the morning till nine at night. I know some people are like, you work a 12-hour day. Well, I work two 12-hour days that allows me to have more free time during the week to pour into my other avenues of business. So those two 12-hour weekdays allot me the ability to have more time to put my energy towards other things, and that works for me. It does not mean that I'm working harder and not smarter. Are there things that I can do to continue to evolve my business so I don't get burnt out? Sure, but it doesn't Mm. mean that seeing eight people a day is burning me out if I have the right balance within my personal and my work life. Oh, for sure. I mean, I know on the nail side, a lot of people... um, you know, timing is always a big issue mm-hmm. or a big like topic in the nail community and people will be like normalized two to three hour appointments or longer services and things like that. And I think, you know, if that's what works for them and they have the clientele that are willing to stay with them for two, three hours, I think that that's amazing. I know personally my clients, they don't want to sit for that long unless they know and they plan to get like really extensive nail art, which honestly is usually only Halloween for me typically. Um, But most times like we're talking like an 
hour and 15 hour and 30 minutes max yeah. so that my clients want to sit there and you may be thinking like, Oh, what's the difference of 30 minutes? Well, if you have an appointment or if you have to pick kids up from school or vice or whatever, you know, that's a big difference like that mm-hmm. 30 minutes. And you know, so I'll see between eight and nine people, same thing a day and just, you know, I crank them out and I have my lunches scheduled like normal. It hasn't affected like how busy I am or anything like that. And that's just, I like doing that. I have, you know, my weekends and plus a one work at home day. And then I work a shorter day Fridays and Saturdays. Right. And it works and for it, it works for me. And I think that's where like our client, like we share a lot of clients. I don't want to say mm-hmm. like a, a handful of clients. Right. And I think it's because our clients kind of have like a similar thought process right. in certain ways where like they want good hair, they want good nails, but they want it in a reasonable amount of time. Right. Now, with that being said, we both still have clients that wouldn't mind sitting for three hours or four hours, depending on what their color goal is. Right. Um, And I do have some clients that I schedule at the end of the night because... You know that you do a little bit more. Well, and not only that, but we end up talking a lot. We get sidetracked with conversations. Right. And so I make time and schedule... I mean, not to say that like I like those clients better than other clients, but I just know what you know good. what each service right. requires right, right. that's so, completely fair exactly and you know I don't think that there's anything wrong with that you know mm-hmm. but I just think condemning one person for like or a group of or whatever however yeah. you say it like condemning somebody else's work ethic and like saying, oh, that's hustle, hustle culture and that's wrong, yeah. I just think is so toxic. I, I agree. Like the the whole thing where it says like hustle culture and like the, like you said, condemning and making it seem like that's not right. Listen, your work pace is your work pace. My work pace is my work pace. I don't have to fit within the box of what works for you to mm-hmm. make you feel better just as you don't have to fit within the box of me to make me feel better. Right. So you don't want to see eight people a day and I don't want to see three. To be honest, I got a great you know, preview of working at a slower pace during the COVID time when I wasn't reopened in the salon yet. We were still mm-hmm. building out and we went back to the studio and I was seeing one person at a time. I did not like it. Right. Sitting there and staring at this person during the processing time, not this person, but you get what I'm saying? Like, and my clients, to be honest, didn't love it either because a lot of my clients enjoy the social aspect of coming in and having multiple people there. We all laugh, we talk, we have great conversation. And that's where they've been drawn to what I offer. Certain people come in and they don't like what I offer. Mm -hmm. Guess what that means? They're meant for somebody else. There's not failure on my side if I don't retain a client who doesn't align with me. You know what I'm saying? And there's not failure on their side if they meet me and they don't like me. That's okay. They're still looking for a new stylist just as I was looking for new clients, right? Exactly. Um, But I I just feel like... it is like a little exhausting to constantly see that like the hustle culture is bad. Like it's not a failure. Neither one is a failure. And I, and like you said, I don't think that there should be any condemning that goes along with it because things have worked for us. And that's exactly what I was talking about two weeks ago with one of our girls that's phasing, um, you know, into the industry now. She has her licensing test scheduled and she's starting to jump into her industry, Mm -hmm. you know, full steam ahead. I told her, (laughs) 
I know on social media now they're going to tell you a different version um, a lot of times of how to build than what I necessarily would say. Um, I'm not telling you they're wrong because I'm not saying that they are wrong. I'm just telling you what I did worked for me. So I can give you the advice of what worked for me and I can give you that advice and knowing that it did help me accomplish the things that I've accomplished thus far. Right. So it depends on your goals and what aligns with you. But I am not going to sit here and act like I'm a dinosaur just because I have a different way of thinking and because I really wanted to pour into that work for the last 10 years and it's gotten me to this point. I didn't fail. Like <laughs> No, and I don't think it, it that you did or that any of us that have right. a similar mindset have failed. And, you know, and again, maybe I'm going to catch some heat for this, but I also think it's generational. Like yes. when I was growing up, Evan and I were just talking about this yesterday, you know, when I turned 15 and won my learner's permit, my parents sat me down and were like, that's great that you want your learner's getting that also comes with you getting a job, you paying car insurance, you're going to have to pay for gas. So at 15, it's like, okay, well shit, now I need to be making money. So I'm making money and earning money. Now I like making money and earning money to do the things that I want to do. So that's constantly, it created like this cyclical thing that like, I want to earn more because I want to do X, Y, and Z in my life. So you know, you are hustling and that's the way I was grown up, like the way I was grown up. No, the way I was, you know, that's the way I was brought up or whatever. And I mean, listen, I don't have kids. I have cats. I don't have to worry about any of this, but now I see a lot of like the younger generation that is now entering the workforce. Like maybe they didn't have to pay for gas or maybe they didn't have to pay for like their car insurance and it was like done for them. So they're Mm -hmm. like, yeah, I'll take a couple clients or whatever. And I'm not saying that's wrong, but I'm not going to bash them and the way that they've Right. Essentially been brought up versus the way that I was brought up. Right. Like there's no, like nobody's on a higher horse of the two. Right. I was always taught you want something, you earn it, you work hard for it. And then it is yours. Yeah, exactly. You know, I mean, and I'm not saying that every child or every person entering the industry was not brought up that way, but that kind of like upbringing brings it. It instilled more of that. in Right. So to me, if I'm not hustling hard it's you know it's hard to step away from that sometimes because it's like well you know Evan and I want to go to Japan for our 10-year wedding anniversary which is in three years and it's like well I need to bust my ass because baby wants to ride in a pod to Japan yeah (laughs) you know yeah like but that's fair right you know and that's what that's what you want to do and that's okay you shouldn't have to readjust I think that's what my thing is, is like we can all exist in this industry with the pace that works best for us. If I work evenings and those two evenings allow me to leave at three on Saturday. Exactly. Listen, I don't have to work evenings 100%. I don't have to work them, but those clients are going to go elsewhere. Okay. So I have that decision to make. So between staying past five, two nights a week, five to nine. So eight hours total, right? right? Between those two nights. That's a whole nother day's work when you break it down into that way, right? 
And so for me, I love those clients. I don't mind being there a few hours later than five. And I know that I'm going to be home those other nights earlier and it balances out fine for me. I'm not failing just as somebody who leaves work at five isn't failing. You're clients and my clients are two different sets of clients. My clients probably value being able to not have to leave early from work all the time if they don't have to. Now listen, if they have a last minute scheduled conflict, then yeah, they probably will have to eat some time into their work day. But I have certain clients who really appreciate the aspect of being able to come after work and I don't mind it. So that works for me. Yeah. Um, yeah, I guess like that's that's my biggest takeaway is like we're all welcome to have conversations about like having that burnout, but I don't think you should condemn somebody just for the simple fact that they've worked hard and then they're burnt out. Like they didn't deserve the burnout because yeah, they hustle. Like it's it's a little tired when we have to start condemning others for the work pace that works for themselves, you well, know? And it's a little exhausting like saying, well, it didn't cause the burnout necessarily. Like I just, I'm exhausted and like I'm I tired. Like I took on too much. Right. I yeah. took on too much. Mm-hmm. And, but I feel like that's also how you learn. You right. learn by fucking up. You, right. Everyone has their fuck up moment. Yeah. Mine was this past, you know, holiday season. I learned that I took on way too much. I had too much on my plate. I was just completely burnt out and I had to do something about it. And it's funny because like we both like conversed in September, like we were so confident heading into it. We weren't going to have this happen. And it did. Exactly. Um, And so that's okay. We both just agreed to readjust and we're going to proceed forward with what works for us. We fucked around and we found out. (laughs) We sure (laughs) did. I just think what's important is like listening to yourself, listening to what works best for you what works best for your family it's a constant balancing you know game and and it's never going to be perfect sometimes allowing yourself to feel that burnout is okay because you have to be kind of in uncomfy situations to know where you need to readjust moving forward absolutely and so there's no failure and choosing to be I guess um a part of the hustle culture, dare we say it, if you find that you can still maintain balance in your life. Right. And there's also no failure in choosing to work at a slower pace. But I yeah. think we can all choose to support each other. And what works best for us. Yeah. That's what it is. That's all it is. Because I'm getting burnt out by the competition of the two. No, I'm, <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> Am I? A little. Uh. Uh, it's okay. Yeah. <laughs> no, but I think that's really just the takeaway. Don't feel guilt when you have to take a step away from the phone and hit a pause. You know, don't feel guilt if you are feeling ready to really pour into it. Like there's, yeah, there's no wrong way to do it. You can work at whatever pace feels right for you. Right. And if it doesn't feel right, you can always pivot. Yeah. There's nothing wrong in pivoting. Mm-hmm. And readjust. Exactly. Yeah. All right. With that being said, now I have to go hustle and edit these podcast episodes. <laughs> hustle, Melissa. I know. Now I have to hustle to the salon and work on custom hats. <laughs> well, if you have any questions, as per usual, please feel free to DM us at the Beauty Beast Podcast on Instagram. Or you can email us at thebeautybeastpodcast at gmail.com. Yeah. And until next time. Until next time. Bye.